those of you that have joined us already, welcome to Founders Business Society and Expedition Business, where we share stories of the highs and lows of our businessmen. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Christelle Rosley Fenter. And with me today is Isabel Fenter. Ach, Isabel Fenter. Isabel, good to see you. Apologies for that. We've got an Isabel Fenter on the show today, but this is Isabel Kutsia. Thank you, Christelle. Much appreciated. Yopi, thank you so much for joining us on Founders today. We're uh, privileged for the to have you here. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. And I just want to congratulate the two of you on your, your effort in starting this whole thing, this Founders thing. I think it's, it's, uh, it's something unique and uh, something that I think business people in the area do, do need. Thank, thank you, you so much, Yopi. Right. We um, value your support. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Yopi, you are well known for your Springbok heroics in the 95 World Cup team. Yeah. I think for our, especially for our younger viewers, maybe just elaborate on that a bit. How did you get into rugby and... Yeah, Isabel, it's, uh, I don't have much of a choice, you know. I was, I grew up in a, in a, in a rugby family. Um, uh, you know, my dad, they were seven kids, they were three brothers. They all played provincial rugby. So, uh, like I said, it's, I think it was in my blood, no, no, no chances of not playing rugby. So, um, but I really enjoyed it, you know. I, you know. When I was still at primary school, my dad had to go and ask for special permission so I can start playing, because in those days you were only started, uh, well, only allowed to start playing, <coughs> excuse me, uh, rugby uh, in grade three. So my dad at grade two, I said, no, I can't, can't stand it anymore, I need to go and play. So he did ask for permission and I started playing. And, when I was in grade two, you know, but uh, I was fortunate enough to, to uh, <coughs> play Craven Week in primary school, so, you know, it made it a little bit easier when I went to high school, but uh, um, you know, I never played Craven Week at high school. Um, I went to RIU, what's it, USA these days? Yes. I studied there, and I, my first rugby game I played at, 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 uh, at Rao was for my res, and it was for the only 20, 20 side. Then I played there in the Corsairs Liga those days, and I got picked uh, for Rao's on the 20C side the first time, and I played for them. And then I worked my way up to the under 20A side, and the year after, I got picked for Transvaal under 20, where I played with uh, <coughs> Peter Hendricks and James Small. Um, and I think two years later, then I started playing for Rao's first side, and I think a year later, then I started playing for, for the Lions in 1991. And uh, yeah, my, my international career started in 1994. Luckily, it was the after was the, the World Cup, so I just made it. Perfect timing. <laughs> Fortunate to, to be in that 95 side, which was an unbelievable experience. And yeah, and then I, I stopped playing. I, I got dropped by Eri Fillion in 2001. And then I went to uh, England where I played for Leeds. And I stayed there. I was meant to stay for two years, but I only played one season and I injured my neck. And then I came back in 2000, in a 2002, yeah. <clears throat> and was that the end of your Springbok career then? Uh, well, basically, like I said, I ended my career in 2001 with Harry. Yes. Uh, but my rugby career, I stopped because of injury. You know, they they yes, said, uh, yeah. if I wanted to still carry on with well, play, playing, and then I had to go for a, for a neck injury operation, mm. which I thought was unnecessary because, you know, um, I was about to, I was done in a year's time in any case. So I thought it was a good time to call it quits. And yeah, I packed so my bags and came back to South Africa. To stop. Yes, no, I basically had to stop. Yeah. 
and then um, you embarked on your business adventure. Can you tell us about your business background? Yeah, it's actually funny, and I, I think it was probably a little bit easier than it is for the for the, the rugby playing guys these days. You know, we um, you know, my career when I started playing provincial rugby it was still amateur, uh, so we didn't get get paid, or we got a little kufarki in the game, just enough for a couple of years afterwards. But uh, yeah, like I said, we were basically you, you could not. Uh, you had to work, you know, because everyone you had you did your work time, you know, eight or four in the afternoon, and then you went to practice at at five in the afternoon. So you were basically forced to to work, you know. But unfortunately, uh, I did a BSc in geology, but because of the rugby, you know, you can't go into that sort of career. Mm-hmm. You know, the timing's not there. You away weekends. Uh, some sometimes you would leave on a Thursday to go and play away. Uh, so it didn't work. So I was forced to basically start my own business. Um, you had to be busy. You can't sit at home the whole day, do nothing, especially while you were amateur. So yeah, that's how my endeavor started. You know, made a lot of, obviously a lot of mistakes through the, through the times. I had a few businesses, uh, had uh, a few partners, wrong partners, uh, some good partners. Um, but some of the business went well and some of them, it's like normal, it's not life. You know, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't, you know. Uh, at the moment, um, the business I've got at the moment, we've, I've had it now for seven years. I've got a partner, Johan Klaassen. Um, we're in the telecommunications sector. We built towers for Vodacom, Celsius, and MTN. Um, we've had a good, good run for about six years. But I must admit, the last year was, was very tough. You know, the, the whole infrastructure or how things work in the country at the moment with the infrastructure has changed. You know, these networks, um, Celsius, they started with, they, they sold off their, their whole network. <clears throat> and the MTN is busy doing the same, you know. So we never used to work directly for Vodacom, Celsius, and MTN. There's always companies that had the contracts, you know. Um, we work, we're basically subbing for them. But like I said, now they've stopped doing that. There's, there's companies that are actually buying up these, um, these towers from Celsius and MTN. So it, it makes it hard for us. Although they, they, we used to build for those companies in any case. Mm. But now, the, with Celsius and them selling these towers, there's no more build, you know, so sure. our industry has taken a huge knock. So um, now we're looking at other avenues. Just coming back a little bit to your rugby side, did it help you any, in any way in, rap, uh, in business? And is it still helping you? Oh, Christelle, obviously, and I think from a marketing point of view, it does, you know, we, you, you know what? You know, when you walk into a, a, a CEO, or CEO's company and you want a meeting, it, it does open a door. You know, some of the guys, especially in the younger days, they would like to have a chat to you. Even if it was just rugby, you had the, the, the door that opened you. So it made it easy on that side. But, I mean, bottom line, at the end of the day, if you're producing something or you need to, to, to deliver a product, uh, you know, they don't really care about who you played for and when you played for, as long as you can do the work. So, but, yeah, I would say uh, opening doors, it did definitely help me, especially when I was younger. These days, not so much. I'm an old man now. <laughs> so uh, it's now and again some old man will recognize me, but the rest of the people are just iron goodbye. <laughs> Wouldn't it help if you also do lots of comments on Twitter? So Ooh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a good social person or social media person. I, would, I, I love my social side, but the social media side I'm not very familiar with. Uh, there's probably something that I need to pick up on. Because I've heard that uh, business links or business opportunities do arise from, from social media. It's changed oh, it's a lot through yes. the years, definitely. <laughs> well, Yopi, I think there's a lot of things that you learned in your 
rugby career, like the discipline and mm. um, similar things? What what are the things that you learned from rugby that you could take to the workplace? Yo, Isabel, it's it's funny uh, you say that. Uh, we had a, a coach. Well, I think most people remember him, Kitch Christie. He was the coach in '95 in the World Cup as well. But he he started coaching the Lions in. 92 in a 92 you know and he was he's a very well he's a, well his, his business all did well you know he was a very wealthy man but he always used to say you know he would whatever business decisions he had to make or business crises he had he always related it back to to rack because he grew up in that environment he was he was himself was a player he was coaching at the bulls so he, he had a huge background of of coaching and and, and rugby so he always said to us that whenever there's a problem in his business, he always used to, to relate it back to, to rugby. If there was a problem, and how did he solve that problem on the rugby field? You know, was it, were we underprepared? Were we, you know, um, did you study the opponent enough? Uh, where, where did we come short? Was, did we not, you know, have a good pre-season? What do we need to change? Is it personnel that needs to be changed? And he said all that knowledge that he picked up in rugby and his coaching career, it's just basically all those fundamentals he brought and took over to his business and, and you know, it worked for him. You know? And I try and do it now and again, but it's, it's, it's still hard, but it, it does work. I mean, I think all the principles of rugby uh, works in all work, walks of life. You know, it works in, in business, in your, your religion, and in your family. You know, if, if something goes wrong, you, you can just go back and see, where did I do it wrong? Mm. I did something wrong and try and fix it. And if you, you have to fix it. And if you don't fix it, try and try and try until you get it right. And I still remember that, and, and I treasure it, yeah. Okay. Kitch Christie was, for how many <coughs> years, your coach? Like I said, 92, 93, 94, 95. Uh, I think almost six years. He was my sure, coach, sure. yeah. Then he had to stop because he had cancer, and I think mm. uh, a year later he passed away. Sure. But he was a remarkable man. Yeah, unbelievable man. Very strict. I was very scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the only people that could talk to, to the coach was, was basically Francois and, and the assistant coach. The rest of us had to sit and wait. What did coach say? And so you sit and wait afterwards. So no, he was a very strict man, but uh, uh, a, good, a very good man. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think Isabel mentioned discipline, but discipline, I assume, helped you quite a bit. Yeah, well, that's basically the biggest fundamental, I would say. Uh, of rugby, you know, if you don't have discipline, then especially on, I said, any sport, you know, if you don't wake up, if you don't go do your mm. training in the morning, you're not going to succeed. If you, you know, allowed to be slack on the field with your discipline, penalty here, penalty there, it's going to cost your team. Um, he was, he had huge emphasis on, on, on discipline, you know, if you had one mistake after the game, he would always have his uh, sessions where you looked at, you know, watch the game again, and, you know, he would stop physically and stop the game. He said, why did you go off sides then? Why? You cost us three points, you know, and that's, Back to why well, you must you must man up for your your mistakes Get and, 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 and yeah. you know and like I said but do it right next game please don't do it again you know and you learn from your mistakes but it, it was huge emphasis on, on discipline you know and um, but like I said it's it's just basically principles of life in any case yeah absolutely yes absolutely we can all do with more discipline <laughs> especially these days. <laughs> Your highlights of your business career? Sure. Um, Christelle, it's, it's difficult to, to single one out, you know, but um, I'm more on, a, on the adventurous side. You know, I, I enjoy starting a business, you know, then I enjoy that first year or two seeing how things come right and how things fall in place, you know, and that to me is a, is a highlight. Like I said, I've had a few businesses. I've had a, a five or six, 
And uh, they, they, but that's what ticks me. You know, you know, I get bored after a couple of years, and then I think, yeah, what else can we do? And then I start, you know, that excites me. We must do this. Okay, let's try that. Putting that whole thing together, getting our act together, that, that, that to me is, is the highlight of a business, you know? Okay. Yes. And what, just to recap on the businesses that you've had in the past, um, apart from South yeah. Towers? Man, I, I, I started off with industrial chemicals. I had a partner there. He played rugby with me. That was the wrong partner. <laughs> <laughs> we were socially very good, but I wouldn't say in business we were great. <laughs> Uh, that thing, well, we were together for about six, seven years, but then it, uh, that, uh, our friendship went, went south, and so did the business, you know. But, um, and then after that, I went on my own. I stayed in the chemical, but more on the retail side. I did house brands for a company called uh, Right Value or Super Value. They were in about three to 400 uh, branches all over the country, but that also, uh, I had to close it down because they got bought out by Pick and Pay. And Pick and Pay changed all those shops to small, I think, what do they call these small shops? But in any case, Pick and Pay bought it over, so I had to close that, uh, that business. Uh, I had an iTech, I don't know if you know iTech, the mm -hmm. copiers. Yes, yes. I did that for also about six, seven years, and then we did mining supplies. Uh, you know, I used to drive up and down to all the mines in Rustenburg and wherever. And then out of that, it actually, one of my technicians, he came the one day and he said, he met this guy from Vodacom, and he, said he wanted to know if he can reticulate a, a container. I don't know if you know these containers that, you know, the, the cell phone antennas, you always get those little containers next to it. And he yes. said, the, our guy wanted to know if he can reticulate, you know, do all the cabling inside that container. And I said to, what was his name? I think Dave. I said, Dave, can you do it? He says, yeah, no, it's not a problem. And that's how we got into the telecom industry. But Jen's just doing those little containers, and then eventually it... It, uh, it rolled over to actually doing the whole thing, you know, we did the silver works, the erection of the tower, uh, doing the, the antennas, so yeah, we do a full turnkey on the telecommunication side at the moment. There's always a door that will open. Always, yeah. <laughs> now, it's, it's not always about the high points, unfortunately, mm. and like I've mentioned, mentioned at the moment, you are experiencing a bit of, of a yes. low point. Mm. How do you get through it? What's the practical ways to work through something like that? Yeah, it's, it's about, like I said, you know, it's, um, you know, like, uh, let's go back to what, what Kitch said, you know, is, uh, go see, where did I make a mistake? What can I do to, 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 to make it better? You know, like I said, it's very tough now. The industry in South Africa is dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we are busy uh, talking to people in Angola, uh, Sierra Leone, Ethiopia, because they're still developing on, on the telecommunication side. There's, there's huge opportunities up there. But uh, we only started, you know, heading that way about three, four months ago. It's a long process mm -hmm. to get your people registered in those countries and, and actually get the go-ahead, you know. So, but we are busy with that. So there is a little bit of light down at the end of the tunnel. Uh, but hopefully early next year, things will start going a lot better than it does now. So it's just more about finding a way to reinvent yourself. That's it, yes, there's, correct. There's always going to be a door mm -hmm. that will open. That's correct. Yeah, I think that reinvention all the time is... Part and parcel of every businessman day, mm. um, I think, especially in South Africa. Yeah, right no, now, yeah, no, like I moment. said, it's, it's, it's tough for you know a, a white South African man in this country at the moment. Um, you know, but like I said, up in Northern Africa, they don't worry about that. They just want their job get done, and uh, that's why we're heading that way. You know, it makes it very difficult because, like I said, I can't work direct with the, the likes of Vodacom, Celsius, or MTN, and I have to go sub for them which is not ideal, but uh, I think we're heading towards getting rid of that side of, of business in South Africa, hopefully sooner than later. 
But uh, I think it's going to come. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Just quickly, your view on the future of South Africa and business specifically? <laughs> um, yo, you know, I've had so many opportunities to, to actually leave South Africa. You know, Australia, England. Uh, I did look at America at one stage, but you know that year I spent in in the in, in the UK was you know actually you you think you're a, a clever guy you go sit there and then after about two three months you realize oh this is going to be tough and, and I'm a probably I'm a proper burki I love South Africa so I, I believe in our country I do believe it will come right and uh, you know it's just my burki fast bait and I hope everything comes right but I'm not going anywhere I'm staying right here. I think if we all can make the difference that we can in our sphere. We can only try. Yeah. It will go a long way. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever look at what's happening in rugby today and think that you would rather be involved with rugby? Because there's a lot of people from your time that's still involved in rugby. Mm -hmm. Yo, I must say, when I came back from England, I tried to coach <laughs> a club side here. Um, the, well, the head coach phoned me and he asked me if I can come and assist him with the... With the with a background, and I, I did it with pleasure because I, I mean I love the game, I still do. But I just realised when I came back from, you know, that level where I was playing at to this level, the commitment wasn't there. So it frustrated me, you know, because I would expect the guy to train on, you know, mm -hmm. he must train on Monday morning, train Monday evening, and he must do it five times a week. Mm -hmm. And at, at that level, the guys, you know, on Monday though, they don't want to train. Tuesday they want to train, Wednesday mm, maybe half the side is there and then on a Thursday everybody's there because they get a little kufatki at the end of the game on Saturday you know, and that frustrated me you know, because I, I couldn't understand why a guy would want to play rugby if you're not fully committed to it. Uh, so that was hard for me so I, I thought no, because you, you need to start somewhere. But these guys these days they finish rugby and they're already in those big positions but those days it didn't work like that. You had to go through the system but the system didn't work for me. So I thought no, I'm rather going to stay away from coaching at that level. I do actually enjoy, I'm here, my kids are all through the primary school here, uh, Randart Primary, or Randart Lahr, <laughs> um, and I enjoy helping the little kids, I enjoy developing this, but the smaller skills that they do need to actually make it further on in, 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 the, in the correct, correct career, uh, that I enjoy, working with, they still, they still prepare to listen and work with you. <laughs> and excited about yeah, the sport, and, I'm sure. And it's amazing to see the parents next to the field. That's actually what excites me more. They're even more excited. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> yeah. your, your youngest got mm. an amazing opportunity recently. Tell us about that. Yeah, he's actually, he's the, I've got three boys and one girl, but the, the middle boy, he's, he's, uh, he's got an opportunity now to go to Hilton College. I actually drove there yesterday because he needed to go and fit all his clothes. But it's, uh, I think it's a, one hell of an opportunity for, for a kid that age. Mm. Um, my wife's not happy with the fact that he's going to be out because he just needs to stay in res there. Um, so I'll, I'll miss the little bugger, but um, <laughs> I think it's going to be good for him. I just hope yeah. he makes it in the course days because it's an English speaking, well. well, it's an English school. But uh, I've been told that there's about 25 to 30% Afrikaans boys in the school, so let's see. I hope he makes it. <laughs> I really hope he makes it. I don't want him to phone me in six months' time and say, come fetch me. <laughs> So is there more than 44 Afrikaans-speaking people at Hilton? <laughs> Looks like it, yeah. <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> we'll get the notice through. <laughs> Put that on Facebook. <laughs> I've also seen your daughter playing mm. a mean game of netball. Yeah. Uh, she enjoyed. She's no, matric she's, she's, uh, she's next year. She's matric next year, yeah. Next year. They all, uh, well, her and my eldest, they uh, were in Alkmaar. 
Um, but yeah, no, she she does well with the with the netball. She it's a pity they can't play netball and hockey because I thought she's she's pretty okay with both. Mm. But at the high school you need to pick one or the other. So uh, she decided the first year she played hockey, but then she moved back to to netball and she really enjoys it. You know they did well this year. I think they they lost in the no the semis. They did went to, they went to essays and uh, one of the hard things was I think one of four sides that went to essays, but they. Uh, I think they lost in the semis. Uh, but no, she, she enjoys it. She enjoys it. She, uh, she's actually one of those girls that want to play rugby, though. <laughs> she constantly asks me to, where can she go and play? You know, but I, I, you know, I said, I don't know. If you, if you want to join a, join a proper club, yeah, you probably have to go to Vits or, yes, or, yeah. or Tukkies or somewhere like that. I said, but that can only happen once she's done with school. You know, I'm not mm. going to drive up and down mm. every evening so she can go and train. It's difficult for, for a, a young lady to, to play rugby, but you know, I always thought of it to be a a funny thing to see a girl play rugby, but no, I don't know if you guys, your girls have watched um, the World Cup now with Australia, New Zealand and, and France and England. It's amazing how those women play rugby. They mm. can really play the game. And I Is enjoy it more watching like it. Dutch rugby? No, no, not at all. It's full on. It's full on. They study still. You've mentioned you've played for Royal um, Rugby. I also mm. played rugby for really? my hostel. <laughs> My wife also did. Only one or two games. <laughs> my wife did the same, and that's why actually I saw the first time. And uh, yeah, we were actually a mate of mine, Peter De Haas. He's uh, he's living in the states now at the moment. He, his son plays for 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 the USA. Uh, and we were actually standing, and like you said, it was Corsair's rugby. And uh, I saw my well, my my enige, my, my enige vrou, She was playing, and then this Peter De Haas says, "Look at that girl! I swear she's a man, because <laughs> she plays like one." <laughs> So yeah, that's probably where my 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 my, my daughter's love for the game comes. Probably the mother, and maybe a little bit of my on my side. Oh, shame. Yeah. So with everything happening in your life, business, children, and all the other sports that you're doing, and extracurricular activities, mm. how do you manage everything? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's difficult, especially with a you know, like a, you said on the kids' side. You know, if you've got four kids, you basically spend your you know your afternoons. Mm taking this one to that training session, that one goes there, go fetch that one. So we do split it nicely between my wife and myself. I believe she wouldn't say that. She, she, she thinks she does everything. But, uh, yeah, it no, you know, it's way. difficult. You can never be at the same game, you know, if Sissy plays in Pretoria, then the other one is playing in front of Bale Park. So we're never at the same event. You don't have that luxury. But I think, you know, because my eldest is not done with school, uh, it will become easier uh, as the kids go out of the home. And he's got a license, so he can help you drive yeah, the younger ones. I do, I, I, I do put him to work. Yeah. And it helps a lot when another person in the house can drive around. Yeah. But, you know, that's on the family side. Um, you know, to manage that, you know, it's, like I said to you earlier, I like my social side. I think that keeps me sane. Mm. I love a Brian now and again with friends. It takes your mind off business that is bad as it now. So you, you do need to relax sometimes because I, I do tend to crop up. You know, I get a little bit anxious when things go like this. And yeah, that's one way of relaxing, is to go and train. Uh, in the mornings I like a bit of cycling, not too much as you can see. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I, you have to do it. I think it, it relaxes you, it takes your mind off, off things and stress. So uh, you try and keep a balance between, you know, socialing, or your fitness or activities you need to do, and businesses try, and obviously my religion, you try and keep a balance between those four. Mm -hmm. Just to get back to the low points and how to get back on the road 
when you've hit a low point? Any advice that you can give a youngsters of today, <laughs> starting out? You youngsters, you know, um, you know, that's a difficult question. Um, I would say, first of all, if you do take on a partner, make sure it's the right one. And then, uh, I don't think bigger is always better. You know, try and keep everything a little, as long as you're in control, you know exactly what's happening in your business. Sometimes you tend to neglect, say, for argument's sake, the, the financial side, someone else is looking after it, or you think they are. Um, that's why I say, rather, you know, bigger is not always better. That's basically what I'm saying, you know, keep it, keep it simple. Manageable. And manageable, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's basically advice I can give to a young guy that's starting up. And keep on getting up, I yes. think. Yes, <laughs> because you are going to fall, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it will happen. Yeah, will I happen. think that's important to know. You are going to yeah, fall. For sure. Yeah, not to feel Excellent. like a failure when you do, because it happens to all of no, us. And it happens you, the whole time, you know. It, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's not always because of what you do. It's yeah, exactly. because of circumstances. You know, I've lost a lot of money through the, this long road. It's, uh, you make some, you lose some, and it happens. Absolutely. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cycle of life. Mm. And you're there, then you're here. Then you're there, then you're here. So it's, it's part of life. So live with it. Get over it and carry on. Like you say, stand up and carry on. Makes you stronger. Yes. <laughs> You've mentioned earlier being in business with friends. And a lot of people have told me you shouldn't go into business with friends. No, no, no. Would you uh, advise it? Would you do it again? No, I'll definitely do it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, Johannes, we, my current partner, uh, we were friends, but not good friends, you know, we actually became good friends through business now, you know, we, we have very good mates at the moment. Um, we, I used to do work for them while he was working at one of the companies that had contracts to do work for Vodacom. So I was basically one of his subcontractors and they, uh, they got, that company got taken by one of the Chinese companies that are in the telecoms industry for, for many millions. And uh, he phoned me the one day, he said he thinks we must start this thing and, and that's how the two of us started. You know, we knew each other well. We, I have had a couple of drinks before, but uh, now we're actually very good mates. And, and that's actually the reverse of what, what previously happened, where I, had, I went into business with a, a good friend, mm -hmm. and that went sour. You know? So it's, it's difficult, but I think you must really think hard before you go with a friend into business, because the social side is, is totally different to a business side, and you tend to, 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 to what you've got. Stomp Copper, as time goes through, especially in business, especially when things are not going well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And that will happen, as you said. It will be. It that will happen. It will definitely <laughs> happen. <laughs>Question: Do people, the rugby players today, get better coaching to manage their life afterwards? Um, I believe they do. You know, these guys. I, I, I believe there's some certain unions that have got programs where they actually force these guys because they know you've got your gym session in the mornings, and they, I think they 
to get people in to actually coach them about the business skills and investment skills, which we never had. I mean, we just got thrown into the deep end. If you get injured, sorry, goodbye, see you. Whenever you're ready, we'll see you again. But I do believe that they've got people in these days that assist these guys because they earn a lot of money. And uh, I think it's advisable for them to have the right coaching and you know life skills taught to them and do the right investments because so many guys could just get those, they throw their money into different pots and it, most of the time it's the wrong one. So I, I do believe that the unions are making an effort to assist these boys. It sounds like it's also a lot easier today to just do professional rugby. Like you mentioned, when you were professional, yes. that wasn't the only thing you could focus on. No, you couldn't. You know, so like I said, you didn't have time to go and gym in the mornings. We never gymmed. I mean, the first time I saw a gym was in 96 when Ray Maud said, you're professional, so you have to go to gyms. <laughs> I was in pain for about that whole year. But I mean, I, just, I never saw the inside of a gym prior to that, you know. And, and these guys, they get now the age of 14, 15, these young men are in the gyms and they preparing themselves for what's coming, you know. And, and and be honest with you, I feel it now. I'm, you know, I've started feeling my body is from the age of 40. I started realizing, listen, yeah, <laughs> this was a tough game. And, uh, you know, I don't think our bodies were properly prepared for what's coming, all the hits and stuff. You just want to play with all your, all your heart and mind. Uh, but it's wrong. You need to prepare that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a contact sport, you know. You know and, but these guys, they are they're going at it now. It's like I said, they two sessions, well, session in the morning, session in the afternoon, they do proper training. So if they do, do get injuries, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, they're far more well prepared than we were. Just a quick thought. It almost sounds like most people in business. You just go in yes. and take the hits as you it's exactly, go along. That's exactly my point, prior. What, what Kitch was all about. I, so he used to, he took all his business, wherever there was failure in his business, he would say, take it back to the rugby field or coaching, whatever he did, and say, how did he rectify this? How did he do this? What was the problem? And he takes it back to, to whatever business he did and he rectified it in that manner. So our entrepreneurs today need more business coaching? For sure. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Absolutely. We didn't plan on an ad break, but go and have a look at founders.ca.za. Double F, founders. So, any other questions, Isabel? No, I think it was so nice to spend the time with you and get all the questions answered mm. that we always think about. Um, so now we know a little bit more about you, Yopi, mm. and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great pleasure. And well, thank you, Isabel. Yeah. Thank you, Christelle.